Censored tonight. Nice clean little bandwidth. No one else is using it. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere uninvited like a dirty thought in a nice clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. The little attitude for all of you in white bread land. Five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? You out there? You listening? Are you out there? Are you listening? Much love. God bless you all. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope you guys had a great weekend this weekend. Appreciate you guys all very much. Thank you for joining us on Brothers Uncensored. Uh, as you can see, we are attempting to stream on Foxhole right now, but for some reason, it is not pumped over. I just dumped a quick message into uh, those guys to see if we can get that fixed. So stand by for that. I'll see if I get a message back from you guys. Otherwise, we are live right now on YouTube, DLive, Pill.net, Torah.net, Twitch, Cloud Hub, and Facebook. So you can find us on any, any one of those. And as soon as we hear that we have a, a, a foxhole is fixed, I will let you guys know. So ch- uh, just a heads up on that front. Also, we are recording this for the podcast, which will be launched tonight. You can find the link for that podcast, podcast on uncensoredabe.com. The newest show will always be posted up here, as well as if you can just hit this little arrow here, it'll take you to the podcast itself so you can subscribe. We are on TuneIn, Podbean, and... Um, 
others right now that I can't think of. But anyway, special thank you to our guest today, Matt, for helping me uh, uh, with that idea. That's been moving along, and that will move on along to other podcast uh, networks here this week, I hope. I hope they have that done this week. Uh, previous shows, J.R. JR Majewski's interview as he's running for Congress in Ohio on Friday is up there. The great interview with John Paul Rice last Thursday. If you missed that, trust me, you're going to want to spend a little time watching that. Previous shows with, with Michael Johns, Mark Bukita, Joe Flynn, and Live Mobile Events. You can find all of those here. If you can find all the platforms, Foxhole, CloudHub, DLive, Tiger Network, you can find the links for those here as well as the blog, latest topics, latest ideas, news you can use. Just scroll down here and then hit that latest topics idea right there. Or, or, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> hit the hit the new breaking news uh, list there and uh, and you'll be good. That Not that one. The other one. Coming over here to Pill, as you can see, and we'll give that a quick toggle. <laughs> oh, stop talking. <laughs> okay, there we go. Muted, <laughs> muted those. There we go. That should do it, hopefully. Uh, let me see if I can uh, get, get the Fox. Oh, sorry about this, guys. I uh, appreciate you guys very much. But anyways, let me finish up with the website. Scroll down a little bit there, and you will see how to help keep the lights on. Cash App, Patreon, PayPal, as well as a P.O. Box at the very bottom is where you can get a hold of me. If you become a member of Patreon, you get access to our private Discord server where you can see behind-the-scenes content, pics of me and Joe from the weekend, as well as his new state-of-the-art uh, studio set up there. Uh, we had a lot of fun this weekend. Let me let me get over here and welcome my guests into the show here, and we'll talk a little bit about that here momentarily. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we got a lot of work done in a short period of time, and I got very little sleep. But nonetheless, it was still a lot of fun. And uh, so uh, let me get it over here to Joe while, while I fix Zoom because Zoom's, again, usual. Uh, uh, Joe, it was a fun weekend, man, and now you got your new setup, and so far so good. How's it going, man? Yeah, it was uh it was a it was a project management nightmare because of shipping. Looks like we're back up on Foxhole, guys. Good to go. Thank you, Foxhole team, for for addressing that, and I appreciate that. I'll keep that in mind going forward. If it doesn't load, just to retoggle it, and well, that should work. I appreciate that. So good to go on Foxhole, guys. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's what's awesome about this is is that you can be much more aware of what's going on in the different chats, especially since we're not all. Oh my me. God! <laughs> hey guys. Glad to be here with yeah, you. It was, uh, and it was again, a, it was a project management nightmare because of shipping. Looks like we're back we're up on Foxhole, on guys. Foxhole, and now I'm actually unmuted. So needless to say, if I get used to this OBS, I am going to take over and start running this stream. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, guys, it's been a great weekend, as, as Abe was saying. Uh, I don't want to get into it too much. I just want to say thank you to everyone that's helped out. Um, it, was, it was a fun weekend. And uh, like he said, we didn't get much sleep, obviously. So there's the downside. But uh, <laughs> everybody's laughing. Oh, man. All good. All good. I'm just excited. We got uh, Matt and the Texan here today. 
Um, looking forward to the conversation. I do have uh, real quick. If you want to throw me the share screen, let let me uh, let me just play this quick video for you guys uh, to show you kind of the transition that I went through uh, to to get where I'm at now. One second here. Let me. Oh my God, I got all kinds of screens here to share now. Well, this will be fun. Um, one second. Do, 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 do. Sorry about yeah. that, bro. I. I <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, come on, we're live. We're live. I mean, you know, this this is got this ten is tabs open of them. I open and each one of them decided to go ahead and play the audio all at once. It's a work in progress, man. It's a work in progress. So uh, wrong, you can... wrong screen. All I see is your folders. Ah, oh, shoot. You're gonna have. It's a pain. Um, I might have to go grab it because you have to open it. And then uh, minimize it, or, or not not have it max screen, and then you have to select that specific one, or just select the screen that it's on. Just select the whole screen that it's on, and and uh, bring it up. Oh, it's not. No, <laughs> it's gone. So obviously, I still have a little bit of for <laughs> getting messed. Where did you Where did you put that video? Um, it is in our uncensored where did i post it uh there it is yeah it's in the uncensored i want to tag you in it right now <laughs> well the the purpose of the show today guys is we have uh some guests here that we're going to get to here in a moment as we uh sorry about the delays here guys but but um <laughs> we're back in business here um we have uh the texan is in the house with us so he's going to be hanging out he's going to he's going to take over the show here in a moment in a moment in a little bit and uh, what we're going to do is uh, have like a country music discussion. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so I hope you guys will hang out for that. And we apologize for the for the uh, fun that we're having here. Uh, we wanted to kind of get this uh, this kind of going for you guys so you guys could see uh, the upgrades and what you guys did for for us, because it's going to it's going to make a huge difference for how we do the show going forward. We also have Matt Pavetto. Matt, am I saying that right, Matt? As I need on now, I need is now I need to ask you to unmute because I muted everybody. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Unfortunately, he's still muted. There we go. Texans uh, unmuted. We just need to get Matt unmuted, and we'll be all set. Right there, bingo. My there it is. You hear me? Yeah. What's up, Matt? Sorry, sorry, guys for the for the rocky beginning <laughs> of the show. <laughs> How are y'all? Thank you for having me again. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. If you guys remember, we had Matt. How do I say your last name so I can get it right? Well, it depends upon what day it is. It could be Ted. <laughs> it could be uh, it's Pivato, like Boudreaux, Thibodeau, Pivato. Pivato. Matt Pivato hey. is in the house. Now, if you guys remember, uh, Matt was Matt does the what executive producer. Is that correct? That's the fancy word. I'm the Jack of all uh, trades, master of nothing for the Jack and Ron podcast hosted by Jack Ingram. So you, you get coffee? I get coffee. <laughs> I um, do a lot of editing in between and, and some babysitting as well. Gotcha. So, anyways, the guy behind the scenes that makes uh, this awesome show. If you guys haven't, if you guys missed that show uh, about a month ago or so, Jacking Around Podcast. Uh, it, it is an awesome podcast. Upcoming, they have Roger Clemens, which I actually definitely am not going to miss that interview. I want to hear that for sure. That podcast, Chase Bryant coming up. Um, and uh, basically, tell us a little bit about the podcast and uh, what what you guys do, man. Well, it was about uh, COVID last year. Jack was touring a bunch, and I was talking to him 
late one night for him, early one morning for um, for me. He was like, man, let's do a podcast. So he he was all about it. Uh, and when our first podcast was actually in June. It was Waylon Payne, and uh, we recorded that in June. Waylon is the son of Jody Payne, played guitar for Willie Nelson for 35 years, and uh, the mother of Sammy Smith, who had a big hit back in the early 70s with uh, Help Me Make It Through the Night. Uh, is a big Chris Christopherson. He wrote that. But then we followed up with Wade Bowen, and then we just uh, we did Tough Hedeman. But we launched it January 1st of this year. So we're just wrapping up the tough, all the tough uh, Heedman um, segments. And what I do is I post them on, on YouTube. Well, I post them on audio, of course. But I'll post short segments on YouTube. We did about 10 with tough. And so I'm just wrapped up that today. And we're launching Roger and Roger Clemens's on Wednesday. So, um, but that's. That's what I do for the podcast, and it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Pretty awesome, man. Pretty awesome. We had an awesome discussion with you last time, and uh, you're 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 basically a, f- a friend of a friend, which means your family. So that's uh, one of these days I'm gonna have a beer with you, and I look forward to that. Um, and we have the text in here with us too, guys. And the reason why we got the text in here is because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to country music, but there's some stories here that we think these guys are gonna, gonna be able to tell. That's gonna be fun. I'm gonna do play this video here real quick, Texan. But just uh, welcome to the show, bro, and uh, just say hello to all the all the great patrons out there who have heard you call in over the last uh, couple months, man. Yeah, hey guys, uh, yeah, appreciate y'all having me on again. Uh, this is uh, this is really cool. It's kind of special for me, and uh, yeah, I met you. Uh, I actually ran across you guys back in October. Is when I first started talking to you guys uh, right before the election. And uh, it's it's really, you know, this friendship's really taken off, and I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you, man. And you have a lot of knowledge of of, of stuff from, from what's going on in Texas well because you've lived, I assume, your whole life there. And so that's, uh, um, it's pretty interesting to have guys that are, that are um, uh, able to kind of bring a show to you guys. That's going to be pretty interesting for sure. Uh, and I look forward to that for sure. Um, why won't it let me optimize video clip that's weird all right let me play let me try playing this video let's that's see the problem i had with it it wouldn't optimize it would just do only play small for some reason huh okay well i can do option b on that uh option b is i'm gonna have to share you guys okay get jeez do 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 that click that click that unclick that move that over there um let me make it so that you guys can see what the hell's going on that'll be step one right Broadcasting like a fine-tuned machine. Yeah, right. Um, it's, it's definitely a Monday. Let me put this over here on the screen so you guys can see that. Let me put that on the screen over there so you guys can see that. And let me play it and see if you guys can hear it. Can I get a 5x5 five five before this goes? Here you go. Check it out. The weekend uh, upgrades. Thanks to you great patriots out there. Much love. God bless you all. Center, center boom <laughs> yeah man it's uh it's pretty sick i i haven't really had a, too much of a chance to play with it to be honest with you because like you said we pretty much worked all weekend we were even going to thought about going live together but we're both like man we're both exhausted so 
Uh, but anyways, yeah, that's that's the command center, man. I'm super excited, and uh, that's that. Thank you all. So thank you guys. Sorry for the uh, <laughs> for the uh, slow transition. We're good to go though. Now we're ro- we're rolling now, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so some of the discussions that we had um, with with Matt over the last time that he was here, he kind of hinted around some of the some of the uh, interesting stories about maybe like wrestling and some of the country music stars that he's had access to, and some of the names that that are are big names in country music for those of you that are aware of them. But I'm just not very informed on it, and I felt like there was. There was another story that really needed to be, or another discussion that needed to be had in here uh, that would be fun for those of you that are familiar with it. So I wanted to bring that to you guys, and the best way to do that is bring a, a, a Texan in, an actual true cowboy Texan, well, sort of. Um, I don't know if he's an actual cowboy, but I think everybody for us, if you're in Texas, you're basically a cowboy. So um, that's the way it works for us Midwestern guys. We're all... I'm all a cheesehead now, and, and you guys are all cowboys. But nonetheless, um, I want to get the, the Texan in here to kind of uh, transition into some of the things that hurt that that uh, you know peaked his ear the last time we were here, and let just kind of hand it over to these guys. So I'm gonna kind of take a step back. If you need me, holla. But I'm looking forward to hearing this Texan. Take the floor, brother. All right, hey Matt, how you doing today, man? Good, just enjoying this dry weather down here in Texas. It's beautiful today, ain't it? Where are you located at? In, in, in Texas. I'm up here in Dallas. Ah, there you go. There you go. I love it up there. Houston's just a big armpit. But that's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, uh, I just keep my opinions to myself about Houston. I've been down there many, many, many times, you know. And no, I'm not a cowboy, guys. All right, I'm, I'm not a cowboy. I'm a truck driver. <laughs> Whatever, you're well, from I'm Texas. I'm a cowboy truck driver. <laughs> but, uh, so, Matt, were you uh, born and raised here in Texas? I was born in Wharton, Texas, and then lived in Houston. Basically, my whole I actually lived in Fort Worth for a few years, and lived in Atlanta for a year when I was when I was with the WWE. But most of my life's been here in Texas. It's been it's been great. Hot. Over there in Cowtown, Hot. yeah, that's where I was at, right down the street from Billy Bob's. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you. I was gonna bring that into the conversation, man, about Billy Bob's. I was gonna. You know uh, the 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 dance halls in Texas, man. They're they're really famous. You know, uh, they're they're it's just a part of Texas history from from Green Halls to Billy Bob's to uh, um, uh, Gillies. And uh, I was going to ask you, wh- which one would you prefer, uh, Billy Bob's? Gilly, Billy. Billy Bob's. Yeah, I know. I've known Robert Gallagher. He's been the entertainment director over there since since they've opened, basically, and it's place is great it's fantastic i'm i want to get him on the on the podcast and 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 just so he could tell stories we'd have to block out probably two days for all the stories he has yeah i saw i saw david allen Cope perform there at billy bob's yeah Uh, interesting guy needless to say the guy that has to bless the stage before he goes on stage (laughs) you're right once you bless it you don't step on it once he blesses it you don't step on his stage wow but hey, you're talking about Cole, right? Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, and that—that's a guy. That's a guy you don't want to mess with, right there. I mean, heck, he spent most of his life in prison, or the first half of his life in prison. Yeah, man, I saw him for the first time in College Station, and I was like, "Wait a second, man! That's a—it's one thing to have a three-piece, a rocking three-piece band. It's another thing to have a rocking three-piece band with no bass player." So it just yeah, right. <laughs> it didn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's what he does. So be it. 
Well, that, that ain't a lot about David Allen Cole that does make a whole lot of sense, to be honest with you. <laughs> so that's a wild man right there, dude. That's right. That's right. I've heard some stories, probably most of them, if not all of them, I'll ever share. But uh, I've only had a chance to meet them once, but I think that was probably enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lifetime of David Allen Cole in five minutes, right? <laughs> so uh so the the other dance halls i mean let's let's just talk about the music for a minute if you don't mind what what is it about country music that that you're drawn to i know what what brings me to country music and why i appreciate it uh but but what is it with you you know it music in general i think when it comes i'm a big fan of politics aside springsteen um and really the rock, the U2s, petties of the world. And then you get into the, then you get into the country music side. Guy Clark, Towns Van Zant, the Flying Burrito Brothers to, um, to the, some of the current, I don't like to call them Texas music guys. Cause let's call it music from Texas. Um, like the Roger Craigers, Jack Ingram's Bruce Robinson's shavers, the late great, Billy Joe Shaver, the late great Jerry Jeff Walker, um, Joe Diffie, all three passed away last year. Um, and love Chestnut and those guys. I love just love music and and especially that type of music. They're really the rock. The clock would got to be classic rock now, wouldn't it? Classic rock, <laughs> Springsteen's in the country, and the really the classic country. Jones, Haggard, Nelson, those guys. The songwriting it's when you understand what they're writing about yeah you know i i agree with you there man what that, that's that's what really when, when i was a kid listening to the stories of my family and in the, the way i grew up uh i didn't realize i didn't realize that we were a country song i mean you know uh, uh my dad drove a truck you know and he, and he liked to drink his whiskey and 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 mom was uh you know she she took care of six boys and uh you know she also worked part-time uh, uh as a as a waitress uh you know we, we lived out uh, before dfw airport was built out here it was all farmland out there and you know i, I was basically raised up on a farm you know for, for my first six years of my life if, if that's not a country song you know i don't know what is that's right that's right i'll tell you what it's um there's some great songwriters from the state they're some of the best really it seems like they're all from texas or or, or kentucky Texas, Kentucky, and Tennessee. That's where all the best songwriters are from. I agree. I definitely agree with that. You you do got a few from Oklahoma that snuck in there, but well, you know, not too many. Lubbock and I Lubbock is something, yeah, something that didn't dawn on me until a number a few years ago. You know, you got Waylon Jennings, Mac Davis, um, obviously Buddy Holly, uh, the Maines brothers, Lloyd Maines, who is Natalie Maines' father, who's a big producer. Um gosh, Terry Allen. Uh, who else? Um, I, I know I'm, I'm missing a bunch of others, but you know, they're all from Lubbock big town. Yeah. yeah. That's a big music town. And that's something that a lot of people don't, are not fully aware of. Yeah. You could literally honestly write a, a book almost as thick as the Bible on just the talent that's come out of Texas itself. Absolutely. You know, now, if I, I mean, from, from sports to actors to, you know, music artists, to, you know, uh, politicians, everything. I mean, it's just amazing what the state has produced, you know, uh, since it's, it's foundation, you know, politicians and musicians. That's right. It's produced some good ones over the years. Hasn't yeah. It? 
Yeah, and we, we've got real heroes down here in Texas, like Travis and Crockett and that's Houston. A, and, that's right. You know, we, we don't have a Babe the Big Blue Ox like they do up north, you know, a fictitious thing. We, we got real heroes down here. That's right. You know, we can, we're, we're proud to say we were our own country for a few years. I believe it was 10 years. Yep. And, uh, and, and Sam Houston, uh, I'm going to mess this up, but Sam Houston is the only man uh, in history to serve in the United States government and uh, will actually found a country and be president of that country and then and then also transition into the United States government. I think he was a senator or a congressman or something like that for a long time. He, he's the, the only man to ever do that uh, in American history. Didn't know that. So you learn something every day. <laughs> yeah. And and he's also he's also got the world's largest uh, statue of any any politician, uh, I believe, uh, any artist or politician or anything, and that's right there on uh, I forty five, just north of Houston. There, that's right, that's right. And it's and they, they I've, I've heard rumors that 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 there's a few people out there that like to tear that thing down. I just don't ever see that happening. No, that, that's a that's a a landmark here in Texas. Now it's, it's fixed. It ain't going anywhere. That, that, man, we'd, we'd secede again over that little issue right there. That's right. That's right. Let's put one up in, up in Nacogdoches, the birthplace of Texas, uh, one for one of Stephen F. We'll see. Yeah. Well, okay, man, I'll tell you what, uh, let's talk about some bands. Uh, you know, like what, what do you think? Well, what do you think about uh, today's music or Nashville today? as it was back in the seventies and eighties? You know, it, uh, that's a loaded question. So I'll try to give you a, uh-huh. it is loaded. <laughs> you know, the good thing about look, should I, you know, so the seventies was great. Obviously you had Jones, Haggard, Willie Nelson, um, Billy Joe Shaver, who just passed away, who wrote most of Waylon's honky tonk heroes record. Um, then you get into the eighties in which it was great music, Clint black, five number one hits on put yourself in my shoes, killing time. You had chestnut that was signed. You had a, a year, I think it was 86 or 88 that were, it was bird, uh, chestnut, uh, Clint black, Garth Brooks. They were all signed that same year. It was starting to release music. And then in mid nineties, Shania came, Shania Twain came in and run country music. Uh, but I think it's rebounded. I think it, it, it kind of got off the tracks, in my opinion. Blame Canada. Yeah, that's right. That you know, there's a Canada band that that I recently spoke to, and that y'all probably heard them. Y'all, y'all live so far up north, but it is um, so probably from '95, the late '90s through about five years ago. I think it took it, it took an interesting turn. I mean, I'm a Kenny Chesney fan. You know, I'm, stra- I'm George George Strait fan. All those Straits has only written, I think, one one song. He's only recorded one of his songs he's written. Um, but now you're looking at you look at like Chris Stapleton, which is fantastic, who's selling millions of records. So you're looking at the country music has recently turned to more authenticity, uh, more so than it has been the pop country and the bro country per se. Um. You got Miranda Lambert, and Miranda is actually going to be released. They just I was going to reference this the last po- the last podcast, but Miranda, Jack Ingram, and John Randall are releasing a record. Um, has released a record, and the releasing this, and there's going to be a, a little documentary that's going to go along with it, um, called the Marfa Tapes, 
and that's where Jack and John and Miranda wrote uh, Tin Man back in 2018. That was a one song of the year of the ACMs. But, you know, you got someone like Miranda that does something like that. I mean, Miranda doesn't have to do that. She didn't have to bring in Jack and John Randall. And all intents and purpose, nobody knows. Very few people know about in the world compared to Miranda. And she brought him in because she loved I me. Mean, she loves Jack and John. And, and uh, she's a big fan of theirs. So she's helping her. She's helping, um, you know, helping them introduce them to the to the world. And those are songwriters. It's an acoustic record. They literally went out to Marfa, Texas, in the middle of nowhere. For everybody who doesn't know Marfa is, Marfa is beautiful out in the middle of absolutely nowhere in in like El Paso area, out in the big, beautiful. We have mountains in this state, huge mountains, up in the mountains. And they they, uh, they took a just a one video guy and a bunch of video cameras and a and a just play record and sang a bunch of songs, and they're releasing. And see, and, and see that that's that's what I'm uh, that's kind of what I was hoping you would get to right there. I mean the the just the the raw real music and you know uh, the the stories. It, it's not uh, like you know, being dressed up by Nashville. These guys are walking billboards these days, you know. Uh, they're told how to dress. They're told what to sing. They write no songs, you know. Um, their bands are put together for them. It's all commercialized, you know. It's it's not real. And they all sing about the same damn thing now. I know, right? It's all, it's all about freaking... Uh, getting your, your, your four-wheel drive stuck in the mud, you know, and, and you know, drinking. It's all this... It's, it's a bunch... Well, I don't want to be too hard on on the guys because obviously a lot of them have talent. But I tell you what, it's just not my bag. Well, it's a you str- know, uh, it's a struggle because, and this is we talk on the podcast or or Jack and like for example, Jack Ingram and 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 Wade Bowen. I think it was the second podcast they talk about the music industry. Wade got signed to RCA back in two thousand and ten. It was a huge record deal. Um, I mean, Joe Galani was behind it. I think it was, and then I mean, he's he's the Joe Montana's of Nashville. And um it was a big deal. Well, he re- they released a single and a couple of singles that didn't go anywhere and, and they agreed to part ways. Then you got Jack who released in 2007 had a number one hit at radio. He had he was on the same label as Taylor Swift. And and Taylor Swift was a little just no one knew about her. And Jack had the first first number one song on that label. And he cut, I'll never forget it. And we still tease him to the day, but he was, so he released all these raw records, right? Great band, awesome records. He had full control over, mostly full control. Steve Earle produced one of his early records. 2008 comes along, he gets signed to a big deal. Well, he had, there's a compromise available because you, you got to compromise with these big label execs. Because if you want to sell your songs from your records all the way from, from Miami to, to Seattle, you got to listen to them because they know what sells on country music radio and they know what country music radio is playing. So, but there's a compromise and, and, um, Jack had to cut, didn't have to cut Jack cut. Uh, the, there's a Hender song, uh, lips of an angel. Mm. And it just didn't go over well with his fan base, but he cut it because Scott Bruschetta, the label head at the time who he's been in the news lately. Um, told him we cut this because country music wants to listen to wants to hear what people want to listen to what they're familiar with. But it didn't go anywhere, and he I think he would probably never admit it, but he regrets it 
and but you know he took a chance he rolled the dice it didn't didn't work but he came out of that label deal and he released three or four records had a he's had a lot of a lot of songs cut and most recently the Miranda song in 2018 uh, Ten Man and then now he's releasing this project with Miranda and John and it's going to be fantastic so today's country music I mean. The good news is about country music, you can go all the way from bluegrass to pop bro country to uh, the Miranda Lamberts of the world. Um, and you got all the this music down here in Texas with the Craigers to Eli Young's and Eli Young has a red dirt scene. Yeah. The red dirt scene. So it's all over the place. And that's one great thing about country music. There's so many different genres underneath the umbrella of country music. Sure. There's, there's a Texas swing, red dirt, rockabilly, bluegrass, that's right. Even this this crap they call hick hop. Yeah. <laughs> there's a God, that's horrible. That that is some bad stuff, man. And then there's pop country. And then there's this there's this new thing that that's I I just became aware of. They're called risers. R-I-S-E-R-S. Have you heard that? I've not. I don't know if I want to hear it, though. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I literally li- literally the other night, uh, I kind of stumbled across it, you know, and uh uh, I was like, "What? Well, what is this? And they've got a whole show and everything. And, and it's a, a genre of country music called risers. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to look into a little bit more. It doesn't it doesn't sound too promising to me. But hey, you mentioned uh, you mentioned RCA. OK, and that, that brought me back to uh, thinking about uh, Waylon Jennings and uh, Billy Joe Shaper and how they met at the RCA studios. Yep. Uh, I believe I believe it was the late 70s. Yeah, I think it was, it was mid, when they mid 70s, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, Waylon really hadn't had anything going on. I mean, you know, uh, he was with RCA. Uh, uh, and of course, back then, Chet Atkins was RCA at the time, you know, and him and guys like Johnny Cash. But uh, anyway, RCA, uh, not not a lot was going on for Waylon. And uh, anyway, uh, Billy Joe Schaefer had been trying to get Waylon's attention, you know, uh, a lot of times. And Waylon, you know, just kept blowing him off. So anyway, uh, Billy Joe makes his way through the back door of RCA building, uh, the recording studio there. Are you familiar with what happened after that? I, I just recently watched something on YouTube with Shaver telling that story, but I, I don't remember real well, but I remember laughing my ass off when I heard it. Yeah, Billy Joe, you know, I mean, they've got a set of balls on him, man. You know, he, he goes in there and he's been bugging Waylon. You know, and Waylon knows about Billy Joe, but he didn't want to have anything to do with him. And this dude makes his, you know, way into the studio. And uh, Waylon Jennings' security was a couple of Hell's Angels that he had hired. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so Billy Joe goes to make his way into the studio, and uh, no, they're stopped. And they go, and so anyway, uh, they go in there and they tell Waylon that Billy Joe Shaper's, in, you know, standing out here and he wants to talk to you and blah blah blah. Dude comes back with a hundred dollar bill and hands it to Billy Joe and just told him uh, Waylon said to go away. And he took the hundred dollar bill, folded it up and twisted it up and handed it to him. And said, "You tell Waylon to stick that up his ass." <laughs> and, and he said, "I ain't." He said, "I ain't going anywhere until he comes out here to talk to me." So here comes Waylon walking out and he's got his two Hell's Angel security guards with him and they walk out of the studio. And uh, Billy Joe Schaefer told him, he said, uh, basically, he said, you, "You're going to listen to my music." you're going to hear what I have to say, or I'm going to whip your ass. And, right. and right, right then and there, the hell's angels took off and started to grab Billy Joe and Waylon stopped them and went ahead and brought him in the studio, set him down and said, this is your one and only shot. I don't ever want to hear from you again. If I don't like what you have, 
And then what what happened? He ended up doing every song but one on that album, and that launched Waylon Jennings' career right there. That's right, and certainly put a lot of money in Waylon in, in Shaver's pocket too. And he's he was a gentleman and a scholar. I, I I didn't get to know him well, but I promoted a number of his shows enough to where we hung out a number of times backstage, and the guy was just an absolute sweetheart. But it's somebody you don't want to mess with. I mean, he was a he was a he was indicted on murder or like uh, was it like involuntary manslaughter charges? It uh, was probably seven eight years ago. He he shot a guy. He was God bless his heart. He was up in Waco and where he, where he lived, and he was at a bar and some somebody was talking shit about his wife. I think that's how the story goes. And he shot the guy. Claimed self-defense. Willie Nelson went and actually t- testified on his behalf. I don't know all the stories behind it. I'm sure it's all over. Search it on the web. But he got, he got found not guilty. But, yeah, he shot the guy. I mean, he's. Yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with that story right there. As a matter of fact, he shot him in the face with a, a 22 Derringer. Yep. Yeah. yeah and, and when it. When he was interviewed about it, uh, I can't remember who interviewed him, but uh, in the interview, he literally said, uh, yeah, I shot him right between his mother and his fucker. <laughs> yeah. That's why Billy Joe, that's how Billy Joe responded to that. Like Shaver. And, uh, yeah, he's, yeah he, he's something, he was something else, man. That's a man I, I really would have loved to have, uh, to have met myself, but just awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. He, he lost his son. He lost his son 20, about 20 years ago. Um, uh, he was in his thirties, I guess. So he lost his wife, probably fifteen. Years. I think he lost his wife a long time ago. But he lost his wife and his um, and his son. So all in a short period. Of time. Whoa, what now? But yeah, so hold, <laughs> hold on. about to go dead here. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a, a warning signal there. That was loud. Oh, I'm sure that earphones just, just blew your ear out. <laughs> was that me? No. That was him playing a a, a gun in the oh. background. <laughs> I'm back. I'm charging. Good. So, anyways, but yeah, Shaver yeah. was great, and, and Jerry Jeff was great, and gosh, we lost him um, in November, I think it was. But uh, guys, both of those guys are legends. You know, Willie he's not going to be around forever. He's got to be in his late eighties. Well, you know. Uh- I was going to, I was going to bring it up too. And, uh, you know, we, we really got to think about something here. We, we got to think about what kind of planet we're going to be. Our great grandchildren are going to be leaving uh, Willie Nelson, you know, All right. he, I mean, he, I, I don't think he's ever going to die, but yeah, you're right. He's almost, he's almost 90. I believe he's 88. Yep. And so he's having a tough, tough time singing. He's bringing his son with him now to help, you know, it was, it seems to me his son is singing along with harmony just coming on and carrying him through the show when it comes to Willie's vocals. I mean, he's Willie's now nine. And he's smoked a lot his whole life. God bless us. Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen. And, and, you know, speaking of Willie Nelson, that is to me, the most versatile, talented country music artist I believe has ever lived. I mean, 
if you listen to uh, not not just his uh, his big hits, but if you really listen to the backside of his albums and stuff, uh, songs like a uh, black uh, Blackjack County Chain and stuff, the way that man the way that man composed and and, and his lyrics and, and wrote is phenomenal. I mean, I really. I, I I would say it's like um, uh, Edgar Allan Poe uh, meets Louis L'Amour. That's you know, a, that's right. He's a great writer, but you know what's interesting enough, as great of a writer he was, a lot of his big hits weren't were weren't written by him. But he was a great writer as well. So yeah, he was very versatile, and um, you know, it, it's it's like he said, um, touring at almost ninety years old. I think I read something uh, a long time ago that I think I don't know if it was him or Haggard that said if they didn't steal from me all those years I, st- I wouldn't be touring as much as I would I, mean, I am <laughs> and yeah, all, the, all those old guys also want to want to settle up for the show in fact I was talking to somebody this past weekend um, and a lot of those old guys still want cash they won't take checks they want cash so if, it, if you're getting paid fifty to hundred grand. They want that cash. They don't want to check with it. Right. Because they've been in the game long enough to know what goes on. <laughs> that's right. You know, that, that, that's why Waylon, you know, blew up half the damn building when they, they wouldn't pay him that one time. That's right. You know? But it, it's, uh, it's, uh, he's, hopefully he's, he's, you know, doesn't have a whole, when you're 90, you don't have your, 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 your months and years are numbered. So let's hopefully he sticks around for a while. Yeah. I, I hope so, man. That's going to be, you know, Ain't too many of them left, man. There ain't too many of them left. And and he's really a, you know, uh, he's something else. How's that song? Uh, gonna fill them, who's going to fill their shoes? The Conway Twitty song? That's I it. was actually thinking, yeah, I was actually thinking about that. And that was George Jones, wasn't it? Who's going to fill their shoes? Um, yeah, I think they both covered it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, hell, you know, George Jones, that's another Texan from Sour Lake, Texas, where he was born. But, uh, well, the Pivotos are from uh, Oh well, that makes sense, and now the name definitely makes sense down oh, yeah. in that area, south southeast Texas. Yeah, remember George Jones, Tracy Bird, Mark Chestnut are all from are all from Beaumont, Sour Lake, that area. All three of them are. Right, right. Uh, uh, let's see, Willie Nelson. What I was getting at about his versatility. I mean, you know, he's he's done these gigs and made huge hits. I mean, as far as I know, he's the only country artist to sing with Snoop Dogg. That's right, you know, <laughs> right? And, you know, to sing with a rapper and make it make it sound cool. Roll me up and smoke me when I'm gone. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And you got and you got Julio Iglesias. Yeah, Ray Charles. Oh, yeah. Uh, my very first my very first concert when I was 14 years old uh, was a Willie Nelson concert. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, my dad took me to see him, and I'll never forget it because that was the first time I was ever exposed to BB King. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, B.B. King opened the show up. Well, I didn't know who the hell B.B. King was, you know. Uh, I'm just a white boy down here in Texas, you know, 14-year-old kid. And, uh, man, I fell in love with the blues, and I fell in love with, with Southern rock and roll. And and uh, the country music thing was always been, you know, something special to me anyway. Uh, like I said, that my, my lifestyle and where I come from and my family and everything. So, yeah, that that was, uh, that was uh, definitely a life-changing uh event you know that that concert and it really opened my eyes and and i, and I fell in love with it all at that time yeah he did, did a, he did a record with leon russell um yes 
which is fantastic. So, um, but yeah, he's, he's recorded with, I, I bet you, I can, God knows how many records he has. He's been involved with, I bet you it's over a hundred. He's still really, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I believe that they'll be talking about him for the next 500 years, just like they talk about uh, Beethoven and Edgar Allan Poe and, and all those greats. I mean, I really put him in that category. Yeah, man. Him and Haggard for sure. And uh, in Waylon, I saw Waylon right before he passed away in Austin. And he had made it, God bless his heart. He was sitting on a bar stool. And a lot of those old guys will have teleprompters. They, they'll sing from teleprompters because they've got, first of all, they've got so many, they have so many songs. And you get older. That's one, that's one thing that Ingram was telling me about. He's not that he's old, he's 50, but he was telling me just recently, he just played Tomball, Texas here, three shows. And, he gets nervous for his shows now because he said, man, I'm hardly playing very much because all this COVID stuff. And so I'm, I get, I get worked up because I'm afraid I'm going to forget the words to my songs. He's like, man, I was like, man, you need a teleprompter, but then you got to have a teleprompter guy and I'm not going to be the teleprompter guy, nor is his manager. Kevin can be the teleprompter guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you you talk about Waylon, yeah, diabetes is what uh what what took his life, and uh, but I I kind of met Waylon one time. I say I kind of met him. Uh, I freaked him the hell out. Is what I did. Uh, we were at Six Flags over Texas, and, and they had the stage set up out there in the field behind uh, Six Flags where they used to do concerts out there in the open field. And I was up there at the stage, and you know I'm kind of a tall guy, and I was on like this at the stage. And uh, had big stack speakers and all this, man. And he was just rocking it. He was he was jamming. And he's walking around the stage and he comes walking around. And evidently he didn't realize how long my arms were. And when he walked up, I reached out and touched his boot. Man, you should have seen him. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was at a safe distance. I touched his boot, man. And, and he did like a quick little two-step backwards and went to the other side of the stage. <laughs> there you go. At least you said you met Waylon Jennings or touched Waylon Cause I never, I, I met Waylon Jennings boot. Yeah. <laughs> never did. You're lucky you didn't meet him another way. <laughs> yeah. 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 He, uh, Way, Waylon's, Waylon's a cool guy, man. I mean, everybody that that's talked about him say he's a cool guy. You know, he, he's just a, was a down to earth, you know, Texas boy, you know, so he didn't get all uptight about a lot of shit. I don't think I mentioned him from being from Lubbock, but he's from Lubbock too. Uh, birthplace was Littlefield. Yep. 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 And, and speaking of Waylon, and you mentioned Buddy Holly earlier, uh, you, you know the story about the day the music died, right? Oh yeah, yep. And and, and what happened on the uh, you know with the plane? Oh yeah. Do 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 you mind going into that for a lot of people that that don't oh, know it? It was Buddy Holly, Big Bopper, and uh, it was Buddy Holly, Big Bopper, and um, Richie Valens. Richie Valens were getting on a plane to fly to somewhere to another show and Waylon was going to get on the plane with, and Waylon at the last minute needed to give up his seat. Excuse me. It was Waylon, Waylon Jennings and the big bopper. And then, and then um, Richie Valens needed to get needed to hop on the plane and Waylon gave up his seat for him and the plane took off and, 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 uh, and crashed, kill all, kill all of them. And yeah. Waylon, and Waylon lived with a. My, what I've read is he, he lived with his whole life with with with, big, with a lot of guilt uh, from having from giving up his seat. And he wasn't the you know the survivor's guilt. Yeah, because Buddy Holly was uh, 
you know, was Waylon's mentor. And, and, you know, if it wasn't for Buddy Holly, we wouldn't, there wouldn't be no Waylon. That's right. And, uh, yeah, but Buddy, uh, hired a uh, Waylon Jennings to, uh, you know, uh, play bass, uh, on, you know, to set in and play bass and stuff. And, and that's how Waylon really got, got into the music industry. Uh, yeah, like, uh, DJ Vince Guild, same thing. Vince Guild was in a rhythm acoustic player for, for a bunch of big eighties country music bands. And he, got hired i mean he got his own deal it's not the same thing with like waylon jennings right and you know that buddy holly was like like waylon's best friend man he he looked up to the guy he idolized him and the last thing you know they used to hack on each other all the time and what it was i believe uh buddy holly wasn't feeling good and wanted to get on down you know over and so something like that and then and waylon you know went ahead and gave him the seat like you said but uh the last thing that waylon said to, to buddy holly was i hope your damn plane crashes son yeah, yeah, yeah. He lived with he he lived with that for a, for a long time. That's what I've read, you know. So it's uh, uh I think what year was that? that was that had to have been in the and what year was that? Oh, the day the music died, man. Was that the six? Yeah, the sixties. I believe it was. Yeah, but yeah, man. It's uh, it is um, I read about that. We did actually did a paper about that in high school. Back when high yeah. school, when you studied real stuff. And, but the, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you're, you know, uh, talking about uh, Waylon Steele, you know, his son, uh, Shooter Jennings. What, what do you think about that cat right there? He's great. I've never met him, but I have seen him play a number of times. But he's he's a rock and roll guy. He's a rock and roll country guy. Just like, it seems like he's just like his dad. He just doesn't give two shits. He will do it. Exactly. Waylon, I mean, Shooter does what he wants to do. But I've heard nothing but great things about him. But he is—he's—I've heard he's an interesting guy that he loves music and loves it hard. Heck yeah, he does, man. I first time that I, I saw him uh, perform, or you know, I, I watched a video. I didn't see him perform actually, but you know, watched one of his videos, man. I was like, son of a bitch, you know, you you can see that that uh, that Jennings attitude in Shooter, just okay. like his dad, like you're talking about. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great things about him. He's fantastic. And uh, the Southern Rock and Roll, you know, that that's kind of a, I don't know when uh, Southern Rock and Roll became country, but, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, all of a sudden, uh, one day you're listening to, you know, uh, country music on uh, the radio, and then there's the Eagles. And when the hell did Hotel California become country, man? Well, there's a lot of those, even even to the um, even even especially today, you get these crossover hits. That's their old, that's that's Nashville's goal. You, your your really goal is, is to cross over, right, take your country hit and cross it over to rock to uh, uh, a rock station. You've got you got to if you can cross over a hit like um, Morgan Wallen did uh, just recently, he killed it. I mean, I mean, you're on the country. You're, that means you're number one on Billboard across all the charts when it comes to the country charts and um, adult contemporary AC, AC charts and all those folks. That's where the money's at. That public yeah, and mailbox money. And one more thing about Waylon, you're, you're talking about uh, the hits and stuff. You know, Waylon was the first uh, country artist to sell over a million records. He was the first one to, I believe, go platinum, have a platinum album, the first country artist. And he did it without RCA. And he did it without Nashville. 
Yeah. It was once he met Billy Joe Schaefer's when he started really, you know, bucking the system and uh, he had a falling out uh, with, with Nashville and, and he, he ended up just, just smoking them, took control of it all. Well, it, it reminds me of that poster that um, I used to have a poster of Johnny Cash giving a middle finger. And it was back when, yeah. um, and that just the real story is that he, he was having problems with his record company and they weren't, they're wanting him to do something that he wouldn't do or something like that. And he ran an ad and billboard with the middle finger pointed out. And <laughs> it's like, wow, that takes, well, me- what, yeah, well, what, what that was when, uh, that, that, that was, uh, when he played a uh, Sam Quentin and a photographer uh, took the picture what, what he uh, asked Johnny Cash, he said, uh, he asked Johnny, he said, uh, uh, the warden would like to have a picture of you. Could you pose for him please? And oh. that's what he did the warden of San Quentin was that's the picture really that's <laughs> what that was about yes and of course you know it, it wasn't digital back then so Johnny Cash you know he'd already done his thing and left and then the 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 warden gets the picture like you know a week or two later after it's developed and he was like man that's son of a <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> use that same use that same picture to tell the folks in Nashville to go screw themselves yeah, that's that's the most they say that's the most uh, uh, copied uh, photograph, you know, in uh, in history or country music history anyway. But uh, yeah, they, they're crazy son of bitches, man. They, yeah. I love them, man. I love that attitude. Yeah. Uh, when when they when they cut Johnny Cash's mic off uh, at the Grand Ole Opry, and uh, Johnny Cash smashed every stage light out, every footlight on the stage. You know, he wanted to play his song. They wanted him to play a song. You know, and he didn't want to play that song. He just wrote this new song and he get and they told him he's going to do it anyway. He gets up on stage and he starts playing and doing his thing and they cut his mic and, and they, they killed the the stage and he destroyed that damn stage. Yep. Yeah. It, 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 those guys, there's one thing all those guys have in common. They either died young, drunk, or they died old sober. In other words, yeah. Right when they hit in their about their forties or fifties, they said, okay, they either going to have to, yeah, I see some of these young kids nowadays drinking and partying like, you know, it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I'm just like, man, it's all fun and games until you turn, until you get in your 40, you look at yourself in the mirror and go, okay, do I want to live another 20, 30 years or I don't want this all to come crashing down within the next two years? Right. Uh, yeah. A lot of them got to get their shit together and, 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 and you know, get, get help and get sober. Well, I, I sure would like to hear some of those stories. Uh, I mean, I, I know you can't talk too much because you got the podcast and everything, but um, you've told me, yeah, you, you've heard some stories before. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could I could go on and on about about some other other things these guys have done. But uh, um, I don't I don't know much about, uh, you know, the wildlife of, uh, of the red dirt uh, I, bands and stuff. I think that it's. um I think there's some there's some good stories from like a Jason Bolin who I was working with that you know he's been sober I guess Bolin's been sober now for 15 years God bless his soul and going strong and and then you got some young guys I won't mention names that are just like man you gotta see they're not gonna listen to anybody but you gotta slow down sooner or later but you know is your story you know I think that they you know these older guys the caches and haggards of the world. They've forgotten more stories than these guys can remember, including me, right? 
So yeah. it's, you know, it, back in the day, I cannot imagine what it was like in the seventies. I mean, you do talking about cocaine and everything else. I mean, nowadays it's like, nowadays it's like beer, like liquor and Adderall. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> big difference between <laughs> liquor and cocaine and everything else you can put in your body compared to a, a few pills of Adderall, you know? So, and, 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 and I'm sorry to cut you off, but who's that? Uh, uh, I think it was Luke Bryan, that jackass. When he said uh, he, he was putting Waylon Jennings down and everything, said, you know, no, I, we, we don't sing or write songs about being drunk and falling in the gutter, you know, <laughs> and it was it was like, man, you, you just pissed off like five million Waylon Jennings fans, Jack. You, you better watch where you're starting to step in Texas now. That's right. That's right. But it's, you know, it, it is uh, those guys are not these guys. It's just a different world. It seems like from what I've read, right? It's not like I've experienced the seventies and I was born in 75. So I mean, back in the sixties and seventies, it had to have been a, I mean, like it's liquor and cocaine versus beer and Adderall. It's a big difference. And I guarantee you the stories are a lot better with liquor and cocaine than beer and Adderall. <laughs> I, I, I could only, I could only imagine, man. I mean, yeah, that, that and the women, uh, you can't leave out the women. Oh, there's a, there's a tough, duh. I had to I try not to edit this podcast, the, the, the Jack podcast. I try to, her goal is to keep it raw, you know, two hours. It's long format, open dialogue. And there's one I had to cut that was talking about being a rodeo cowboy and women. And you can, yeah, I, it was funny. God, I wish I could run it, but he's <laughs> such a sweetheart, but he, um, it was fantastic. Did he, did he tell you to cut it, or did you just make make the decision that I better let let that one go? Well, I I I cut it down. It was about there was about ten minutes of it, and so I cut it down to about two minutes. I tried to get I tried to go for try to get the G rated, <laughs> the PG thirteen rated, and I he, he just and we all were just like on phones. Like, okay, that's not. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it's just like the past is the past. There was some great, it was a great story, but it's just like, let's just let that sleeping dog lie. Yeah, I get that. I mean, you know, there's some, there's some stories that, uh, that are just letter better left unsaid. You, you, you get the idea, right? So that's all you need to know. That's pretty interesting. That was pretty fun, guys. I definitely want to hear, you know, let you guys kick in more into this in the second half of the show. Um, you know, great job, Texan. Let me, let me just, uh, get your last thoughts before we, uh, transition into, uh, right top of the hour, a little quick, uh, break for advertisement. And then Joe's got some, uh, some news of the day. So we'll get to a rapid fire segment after the top of the hour and then calls from you guys. I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. So hop in there to zoom and we'll get as many of those going as possible. Try to keep it on topic today. If you, if you can't, uh, we'll just move on to the next call. So keep these on topic of the topic today. And then, uh, you know, any kind of, um, if you have comments about uh, or questions for these two gentlemen or anyone else about politics of the day or anything like that, that's that's fine as well. I, I, I'd be happy to take those. So uh, feel free to hop in there anytime. The call-in numbers will be put up in a moment. Uh, let me get to a quick advertisement from our sponsor. Our sponsor for the show is Rise Attire USA, riseattireusa.com. Great. Uh, just just some awesome gear. Let me show you guys some of the gear they the have. Message is to reject the message. message. No, no need, need for their, their hidden, hidden agendas realized by, by some. Vendetta is a target free. Our weapons are truth to prove highly effective with an impact surpassed only by the span of their reach. 
The powers that hope to control us will feed on those lost in philosophies devoid of all meaning. Don't be enticed by the divisive self-righteous who deal in deception, suppression, and greed. Flee from the nation of mindless who preach what's been forced down their throat by their peers and their teachers. Run from the depraved, guilty of treason whose roads have been paved by the tricks of their sleeves. When it's real, you can feel it. It appeals to your senses, whether dull or intense, most will tend to agree. We won't leave the blinded behind. We'll shoulder wounded soldiers till it's over, then we'll train them to see. The truth is the future. This beautiful movement makes the gatekeepers useless and their lies obsolete. With fury we'll fight. By the glory of God, we'll delete the elite and release all their secrets. Delete the elite, rise attire, USA.com. Check them out when you guys get time. The website is pretty awesome. Here, check it out. I mean, there's all kinds of cool-ass gear on there. Uh, exclusive The Foxhole gear is is sold here as well. The face mask, that Clown World one, again, that Clown World one is only allowed if you're an FBI agent. You have to show an FBI ID to get that Clown World mask, and that's what you need to show up to when you go to other people's houses for because somebody told you that. Anyways, uh, click here. Click right there for foxhole.gear. It's awesome gear. Check out the foxhole. Help spread the word about a free speech platform and people who are supported behind it. Also, exclusive Red Pill 78 and Methods gear on RiseAttireUSA.com. Check them out when you get time. Let me get a quick transition into Rapid Fire. We'll get Joe in here uh, for some news of the day, and then we'll get get you guys' call-ins uh, in just a moment. So stand by for that. All right, Joe, let's get over to you quick for a, a, a quick rapid-fire segment and let us know what's on your mind. You should have screen share capability. What did you see in the news today that uh, caught your eye? Spending bill, so there's really no point of covering that. Um, <laughs> well, there is a point in covering that, and I know the, we're going to get into the one point nine trillion uh, health spending bill. Uh, yeah, um, we're gonna. I'm going to be studying that tonight. So we're gonna we're gonna bring you guys some of that stuff tomorrow. Uh, we have a special guest, uh, Mark's here tomorrow. So we'll talk about uh, some of the policy decisions in this bill tomorrow for sure. Perfect. Can you see my share screen? Yep, you're good to go. All right, perfect. Uh, the first article I got for you guys is about the Pentagon threatens to walk from $10 billion contract with Microsoft over legal disputes and bias allegations. Amazon has aggressively pushed allegations of bias in the in the contract process. So I thought this was pretty interesting. There was a, a video in this link as well that kind of goes into detail about what's really going on there. I don't know. Do you have a comment about that at all, Abe? No, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in these cases, and uh, originally uh, Amazon was was linked to do the the new computer system. Basically, it's going to be a it's going to be a uh, the most advanced AI computer system that's being built, and they pulled it from Amazon because Bezos is a subversive scumbag piece of shit that would rather cater to China than than worry about any of the the worries about Americans or really anyone else in the world for that matter. All all Bezos really fucking cares about is his uh you know his wallet. 
Um, and so when the Trump administration understood that, that, that there's a serious problem with Bezos, he doesn't really care about subverting America, subverting the Constitution and freedom, um, they, pulled, they pulled the contract from him, which makes fucking sense for anybody who has a brain in their head. Uh, giving it to Gates, I don't know that that's any better, though. So uh, you tell me. I don't fucking know, dude. That, 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 no, that, that pretty much summed it up right there, absolutely. Any uh, comment on that at all, Texan? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. No, you, uh, you continue on, brother. I got another Microsoft one that actually kind of coincides with this. It's about the cybersecurity Microsoft attack blamed on China morphs into global crisis. So what's interesting is you're just starting to see a lot of this crap about Microsoft starting to come off. And I found two of these articles in the last couple of days in regards to this global crisis that's starting to happen with cybersecurity uh, attacks, of course, that are blamed on China and just all kinds of other interesting stuff going on there. That is interesting. So I, that wouldn't be surprised me if there's actual attacks from China going on on Microsoft because they're trying to uh, protect their their uh, their the system, you know, all of their information, their their intellectual property. They're trying to protect it all. And if you work with China, they don't like that. So that's how they get you to play games. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this or caught this over the weekend as well. Explosions in the uh, Equatorial Guinea kill at least 20 and injure hundreds. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. There's a quick little 30-second video here. Um, just, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but the destruction there is overwhelming, and there's a lot going on. Have you had a chance to catch up on any of that uh, going on in Guinea there, guys, at all? No, I haven't seen too much. I mean, there's there's a lot happening over in uh, Miramar today too. The three protesters were shot, and so there's that. Basically, they tried they tried to uh, that military coup is uh, you know the, I think the people of it are standing up against it, which it we it's a situation to watch for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know if you guys caught this, but uh, Israeli jets escort American B fifty two bombers an apparent show of force to Iran. Uh, this was pretty interesting. Um, two American B-52 bombers have performed strategic flyby accompanied by Israeli fire, fighter jets in a show of force, pivotal in maintaining the security of Israel and Middle Eastern skies, according to the IDF. The Israeli F-15 fighter jets escorted U.S. bombers during a part of the trip through the country's airspace. The Israel Defense Force confirmed in a tweet on Sunday, releasing some rare photos and video to the drills. I don't have the sound on, but this is pretty freaking cool to watch. That right there makes me wonder uh, um, who, who's in charge because, you, you know, Biden's not uh, orchestrating anything like that. Yeah, this has been kind of happening for a while, too. There's uh, there's a lot of training ops, inner training ops between ISI and, and our forces. And, you know, basically about once a quarter, they do uh, test flybys from, from Guam to uh, across the Middle East over to um, um, Europe, you know, and then from Europe all the way back back home. So uh, a lot of these are training, but it's, you know, uh, with the stuff that's going on in Iran and the threats today, it, again, another situation to watch, um, as I'm sure they're going to do something to test our military, um, you know, under this administration. That's coming. Absolutely. Some pretty cool pictures, though, uh, with, <laughs> with that. looks pretty badass to me. You saw that fly over your neighborhood. Wow. 
Uh, so next one was through Forbes. Actually, we've talked about this over the weekend too. A Brent crude uh, uh, surpasses seventy dollars for the first time in more than a year after the whole is it Houthi rebels attack Saudi oil facilities. Um, so <laughs> Forbes, I don't know. We, what's that? Forbes spin there. Um, it has nothing to I, do with the attack. They've been the Houthis have been attacking those those oil facilities for uh, you know what a decade now. Uh, there have been more recent drone attacks and other stuff happening there, but there's they have an amazing defense system there, basically an iron dome. So not any of these are really doing any damage. Uh, the oil is more about uh, uh, you know global policy on on a, a carbon of, of the false narrative of a carbon based emissions, and that, that's really what it's about. And it's going to continue to go up. And I'm, I'm still seeing projections of a hundred dollars a barrel. So uh, this uh-huh. this summer's traveling season should be a lot of fun with five dollar a gallon fucking gas again. Yeah, I can't wait. And the, the other thing it says is that uh, oil prices rose earlier on Monday after Iranian-backed Houthi, Houthi forces from Yemen attacked two Saudi Arabian oil facilities on Sunday, a few days after OPEC members decided not to increase output. Huh. Yeah, that's, there's the key statement. part. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> the key go, statement, right? right? After OPEC said, eh, no, we're good on this. We're going to go ahead and let these prices just keep going up. Exactly, exactly. So I know probably everyone heard of this, but it's definitely worth covering. Uh, this was just out of Liberty News, a Liberty One News, but breaking after shredded ballots found in dumpster, massive fire breaks out in an official's barn. One hospitalized. Huh. Maricopa. Very interesting. And that's in, yep, Maricopa County. Um, so again, there's uh, more of that crap happening, of course. So. I don't know why they just didn't burn the shit in the first place instead of shredding them and then burning them. But I mean, either way, I wish more people would talk about the reality that La Raza owns Maricopa County, fucking Arizona, and not not to mention a bunch of other counties down there where they rule by, uh, you know, gang tactics. <laughs> so, I mean, this this is uh, this is an example of a, of an outcome of that. I believe I haven't seen any actual uh, investigations into what happened here or anything like that yet, but. It's freaking Maricopa and it's uh, ballots. So go figure. You figure it out. Yeah, exactly. There's this article is actually really good. There's um, it, it, it coincides with the Gateway Pundit and some other articles, some great um, videos in there as well about the stacks of um, stacks of uh, what am I trying to say? Ballots that were in trucks and stuff. So this if, if you get a chance later when I post this link, uh, well, I heard Gab is down right now because it got hacked again. So I will post them on the uncensoredave.com website after the show. The last one I got for you guys, just real quick. This one, um, Miracle on Ice star Mark Pavlich found dead. I don't know if you guys remember the Miracle on Ice. I do very well. Yeah, I do too. Because I was actually in the hospital in Detroit when I was a kid and had some issues. And one of the uh, stars to the miracle on ice happened to be his wife happened to be having a baby at the same time I was in the hospital. And I have the entire team, the miracle on ice signed book from all the guys. So when I saw this pop up, it reminded me I still have that book of all the signatures of the miracle on ice guys. But this is interesting because they're not exactly sure how he died. Um, he was 63 years old. Let me switch. Hang on one second. Uh, Olympic hockey star Mark Pavlich was found dead Thursday in a residential treatment center. The Minneapolis Star reports the police said emergency personnel were sent to the Eagle's Nest after Pavlich had not been seen for most of the day. There was no initial indication of the cause of death. He was 63 years old. 
So just thought that was kind of an interesting story. Um, he was, if you guys don't remember Pavlich or, or back then, he was a, a short dude. He was like five, eight. Um, he was a scrappy guy. He was, uh, you know, that, that team and, and that time when the, the U S Olympic hockey team beat Russia was a pretty epic moment. And to have a piece of history with all their signatures, um, on, on a book. I'm going to cherish that thing forever. So that's the news blitz. That's your rapid fire, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Back to you, brother. I've always been so jealous of that book. But I mean, the stories that we heard about, um, you know, Mark coming into to your room and, you know, just just kind of well wishes. And yeah, um, and, and the, there's more to that story than Joe's really told. And it became friends of the family and, and uh, our extended family in Detroit, obviously. Um, you know, we, we, our family's been there for, for generations now. So, uh, you, how can you not know, uh, part of the hockey teams and the players and, uh, you know, a lot of our family, uh, be, you know, that, uh, worked their asses off from immigrants to now becoming, doing pretty well, became supporters of the organization in many kind of ways, including season ticket holders and stuff. Uh, our, you know, my, our fathers, our families were all in business in Chicago, in, uh, in Detroit and in Chicago area. Uh, extended out to there but um there's a big story there for sure about uh mark and um that 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 is pretty cool that you bring that up for sure uh, all right guys there's several callers here in in the uh live stream i definitely want to get to those i look forward to hearing what you guys have to say don't forget matt and the texan are here uh general general topics today are country music if you have any great stories about that would love to hear those uh otherwise just anything, anything in general feel free to I look forward to hearing from you guys let me get the first caller in here today we have let's see let me get the 304 in here first, and we will uh, let's see here. Three, 304, if you can hear me, hit uh, uh, pound six, I believe it is, to unmute. Um, and then if I can hear, if I, if you ask after you unmute, if you could uh, let us know who you are. Uh, 304 is not unmuted yet, so I'm not quite sure. I think it's pretty sure it's pound six or pound pound six. Uh, to unmute, so give that a try. I'll, I'll bring the other caller in here. Uh, in the meantime, see if we can get one of these to work. Um, and of course, again, I, I have my settings to forcing them to mute before they come in because uh, I want to make sure that their streams are quieted too. And now it's a pain in the butt because they come in muted and they don't know how to unmute. Great oh, idea. Uh, let me see if I can ask that person to unmute too. I'm gonna have to change my Zoom settings to not so it doesn't mute everyone automatically. Um, all right. Well, there's, uh, in the meantime here, um, you guys kind of finished up with some of the discussions about the interesting stories, uh, around, um, you know, some great people, uh, in country music. And it was pretty awesome to hear. I mean, you don't, you, you know, you don't realize how music, how music, how few, a few great patriots or a few great, uh, musicians can change music. And you guys touched on a couple of those, uh, during the discussion in the first hour. Uh, yeah, I want to say, uh, say something about that, uh, Matt. You kind of kind of scared the shit out of me. I thought you pulled a Waylon on me just now. That got, got up, got him walked off like uh, when Waylon Jennings walked <laughs> off a Tom Snyder show. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not that bad. I mean, I'm a, yeah. Waylon was scheduled to be on the Tom Snyder show, y'all, and uh, and that was a big deal back then. It was the Tonight Show, and uh, he was uh, interviewing Dr. Laura. And uh, Waylon was back in the green room waiting for his time to come on, and Laura kept running longer, and Tom kept holding her and holding her. Finally, Waylon said, "To hell with this! Call the, uh, call the limo." And he went out the back door, jumped in a limo, and then Tom Snyder had like ten minutes of dead air with, with no, <laughs> no, nobody to interview, and he just had to wing it after that. He couldn't believe that Waylon just up and walked out on him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Love it. 
Hey, do you, do you, I, 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 I know we're keeping politics on the down low here a little bit. No, that's fine. Nice piece. That's good. Did you see that? I just and this is big news on my side because I'm in the the concert business. But the AP just came out with they're not requiring people to wear masks. Fully vaccinated people can gather without masks. CDC says. Yeah, I saw that. Oh shit! I mean, God bless. <laughs> Yeah, haven't we been saying this for like six months now that once you get vaccinated, you didn't have to have a mask? So that's a big deal nowadays with when it, well, nowadays, just recently when my world got turned upside down Wednesday when the governor came out and said, hey, we're opening back up because we had to go off and, and we ticket venues and events. So we provide the hardware and software for, for venues and events. And so everybody's going back on sale or everybody's going from reserve to GA or most, a lot of people are. And so it was interesting to see that because now it's like if fully vaccinated people don't have to wear a mask, that means young people don't have to wear masks because young people don't die of this stuff. So it's just people like me that just need to get vaccinated. Um, and we, we're back in business again, full time. And one last thing about this vaccination, I did not know this. And I'll have to pro- probably keep this, I'll probably have to... Um, say this indirectly because of the platform, but did you know that you can get on HEB, Google HEB vaccination, and it, you, you have to like your phase one and phase two, you know, they don't verify at the, at the, they don't verify at these vaccination places. If you truly are a, a phase two um, a candidate, they don't ask questions. So, hmm. Which I'm shocked that you don't hear press talking about it. More. They're going to keep pushing it, and they're going to keep shoving it down our throats. I, there's going to be travel uh, passports. I, I know what they're going to try to do. It. I don't know. It's we're going to have to, I guess, stand up and make them challenge legally whether or not they can force us to do stuff like that. And it's um, it, that's what's going to end up coming to. I bet. In the radio. Yeah. In the music business. So Ticketmaster tried to recently tried to. This was back in October, November that said. They were going to require you to be vaccinated to go to their events. And that went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're going to keep doing it, too. So I do have a caller in that, that was able to unmute. Thank you for joining. Can I get a name for you, please? Hey, this is Daddy Crab. How are y'all doing tonight? Daddy Crab, I'm glad you're here. How are you tonight? What's up, Daddy oh. Crab? Good to hear from you, brother. What's on your mind? How are you guys? How are you guys holding up? Make sure the stream in the background is muted. We're doing pretty good, man. Uh, it's, uh, you know, just a fun discussion today. Uh, it was a long weekend, that's for sure. Um, but it was fun. It was, uh, it was cool to get all that stuff done. So, uh, uh, good, good to get back into the saddle again. I got to get back in the groove again now, of course. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. You know, you, you guys were talking country music. And I down in Austin, Texas from 75 to 91 and then went to Arizona, but. I got into the blues, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I'm sure that a lot of Texas people are real familiar with Stevie Ray. And, uh, you know, of course he had a helicopter crash up in, up in Wisconsin in 1990. And, uh, it was all over the airwaves. And then they, the the local radio, uh, local radio station put together a live remote down on town lake 
and all of the people that showed up. There were people in low riders, motorcycles, pickup trucks, cowboys, guys, black guys. And, uh, you know, everybody was, everybody was coming together. And, you know, I didn't see any racism there at that time. Yeah, my sister was there. It looks like, uh, you know, a Texas girl was there for that as well. Yeah, it was, uh, it was in late August. Well, it was August 27th. It was, it was right after midnight when the, uh, the helicopter crash happened. They were able to get all this together by about 7 o'clock that evening. It was all... Am I losing you, Danica? Oh, there you are. Go ahead. They were playing his music for about four or five straight hours on the local radio station. And it was just amazing. Uh, yeah. You guys something, know anything about that, uh, that, that event, uh, Texan or Matt? Well, yeah, something about that story. Uh, it's eerily similar to Waylon Jennings. See, uh, Eric Clapton uh, was the one that, that really got a Stevie Ray Vaughan going. And uh, it was Alpine Valley, Wisconsin, where they were playing a big blues festival up there. And it was Eric Clapton and B.B. King and Buddy Guy, Stevie Ray, his brother Jimmy and all that. And it was the same damn story nearly over again. Uh, Eric Clapton was supposed to be on that helicopter. And Eric, Eric Clapton was not feeling well, or no, Stevie wasn't feeling well. And, uh, or no, wait a minute, I'm sorry. Eric wasn't feeling well, so Stevie, it got switched around the same way that Wayland is what I'm trying to say. And uh, that was supposed to be Eric Clapton on that helicopter, but instead it was Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It was a sad day. You know, um, he, he really woke up the blues around Texas area because, you know, blues had kind of gotten forgotten, put on the back burner. A lot of the older guys were kind of, you know, I guess you call it the clicks. They were kind of small, and a lot of the music that was played around Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, uh, Houston, that, that type, was in these small settings, these little bars, these little dive bars. And then, then comes along Stevie Ray, and he's, it, it, he's got a wide range of capability. You know, he can play, he can play Hendrix. He plays his own stuff. So some of his stuff, he's even kind of got a sound to it. And it's beautiful. He's beautiful. He did beautiful work. And uh, just one more thing, and then I'll let you guys go. You know, Willie Nelson wrote the song "Crazy" for Patsy Cline. You guys may remember. Oh yeah. Sold yeah. So, well, he got the song. The, the I mean, he sold that song to Patsy Cline for a hundred bucks. Isn't crazy, that, yeah. isn't that the one that, that he pinned out on a napkin in the restaurant yeah it was he, crazy yep yep he needed the money he needed the cash and sold it for 100 bucks to patsy klein and obviously that song was probably made tens of millions of dollars yeah uh something about stevie ray vaughn i'd like to say also uh um he was actually my he was uh cousins oh my cousin's neighbor him and Jimmy Vaughn and my family knows the Vaughn family. And, uh, anyway, I, I met Jimmy Vaughn and, uh, you know, at a book signing at Virgin records, uh, up in the uh, grapevine at a mall. They opened up up there 
and or a record signing and all that stuff. Anyway, I, I met him and uh, went back. Uh, he took me back and uh, we started talking. All I had to do was mention my uncle's name, and uh, he knew exactly what clan I belonged to. And uh, the Vaughn family was, man, they're, they're they're a really great family. And to tell you, I tell you what, the loss of Stevie Ray Vaughn uh that was that was just devastating to the to the music business uh down here in texas period especially the blues scene because uh you're right daddy crab the, the dude was unique he invented that style and and he owned it man he was he was a, an amazing uh artist yeah just one more thing regarding stevie <clears throat> you know what kind of got me really interested in him is when he he told his story on stage one night I think it was towards the end of a show and he was talking about sobriety. And when I heard this, or when I saw the clip of this, um, I had about three years of sobriety myself. And that was, uh, I got sober in 1988. And uh, just, just from him doing that and sharing, sharing his little bit of a story with the crowd, and he was very genuine. And that's what really got me drawn into him because, you know, a lot of musicians, it's not just their music, it's who they are as people. You know, I mean, there's, there's great musicians out there. They play hell of a guitar. Yeah, I agree. And uh, his brother, Jimmy Vaughn, his brother, Jimmy Vaughn, uh, uh, described it, his, his little brother, Stevie, as when he walked out on the stage, it was like taking an AM radio and just tuning it, fine tuning it until it just came in perfect. And once it, once it was on, it was like a lightning strike and the dude took off, man. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. He was something else. Yeah. He's my favorite. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, that, that, that's my guy for blues, but I mean, there's a lot of other great blues uh, musicians out there. You got buddy, uh, you got BB, BB passed away and, you know, there's a few others. Lightning Hopkins, he's from Texas. Um, you know, this is good stuff. Hey, it's a good topic tonight, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Daddy right. Crab. It's, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it worked out good because, um, you know, there, there was definitely the discussion that we had with Matt last time was pretty fun. And I just, I, I wish I knew more that I could have stories, uh, discussions like these. So it's good to have some people who actually know what the hell they're talking about. Um, you know, to put, kind of throw a show together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It makes, yeah. Makes, a, how, makes a big How do you difference. know we have? How do you know we know what we're talking about? <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, it's a good point. Because do I don't even know. I, I don't even know one single person you've mentioned so far. <laughs> I, I, I know uh, Matt and I could be winging it and just making this whole thing up. You know, we're from Texas and we're fucking with you guys. So, t- uh, no, everyone in chat's not disagreeing with you guys. So it must be doing just something just right, Daddy Crab. I appreciate the call. Is there any last uh, last thoughts or anything before you head out, brother? Well, I had I did have one comment, but it's it's kind of about immigration, and I don't know. I think if I can spit it out in about one minute, yeah, if that's ahead. okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is kind of what I've been thinking about, reflecting on this immigration. Now, if people are going to come into to the country legally, of course they go through the process. They do the paperwork. They come in legally. That's what the immigration program is all about. But let's say you got people coming in. To Texas, for instance, through Mexico. You know, they're coming up across the Rio Grande River, whatever, however they get there. 
why is it a federal problem at that point? Why can't it just be the state, the state's rights? These people are trespassing. They're breaking the law. Why does it have to be a federal issue? Because everything that they, because everything they have done is illegal up to that point. They crossed the border and there they are. Why does, why does the feds get to say these people get to, why can't Texas, Texas Rangers, local sheriffs, just arrest them and take them back home? I I mean, it seems pretty simple. Yeah. It seems pretty simple to me. It really does. And, you know, Matt, Matt, go ahead. uh, Throw at me what you were saying. I think there's a federal lawsuit now. And I think that you're going to get the same thing as you see the liberal cities with these sanctuary cities. You're going to see the reverse effect when it comes to um, states' rights in in uh, immigration. And, boy, that would be interesting, get the federal government in a big fight with the state government on about immigration. Yeah, and all the talk about uh, a subversive Supreme Court is going gonna, is gonna to stop pretty soon here when they keep trying to push the envelope of the Supreme Court. Um, and that's, you know, that's going to come down to a states' rights issue. And it's uh, so are a lot of these things that are being pushed right now. So I'm just trying not to get too over overexcited about this garbage that they're trying to push right now because they're going to what they're trying to do is to test the constitution on every chance they get and they're going to lose every single time so i'm not too worried about this stuff let's hope they do let's hope that they let's hope they do yeah well poly uh poly d out there since uh says since texas was a country they hold more authority than most states including at the border so that's an interesting point i wish right well, there's a definite I mean, problem down there, and there's, there's, um, you know, Cheryl Atkinson did a great uh, thing well, over the weekend. I, if you guys missed that, check that out when you get time. I mean, it's just like if an illegal breaks into my home, or anybody for that matter, but just speaking on illegals for a moment, I mean, I'm not going to call the feds to deal with it. You know, I'll, I'll call my local sheriff, local police, and have them deal with it. Yeah. I mean, the breaking the law is breaking the law. I don't know why that stepping into Texas from Mexico is a federal issue. It should be up to Texas to deal with it. Well, because now if they're that, coming, if they're coming in legally, then that's a federal issue because they are they're going up to the, you know they're taking the proper procedures to do that. Yep, yep. that's. And that's what I'm saying. They've basically ruined our federal immigration laws to a point where they're a disaster. So um, at what point do the states say, you know what, enough of these federal laws and, and we're going to have to handle this uh, at a local level? I, I'm totally with you. I, I appreciate that, Eddie Crabb. And maybe we can find more people to, to, to talk about that. Matt, did you want to say one more thing? No, it's just going to be interesting. <clears throat> what you get, you know, the federal government's there to, as they pass the federal, federal border. But then you're going to have a state government right behind the feds going, yeah, okay, you got into the country, but you're not getting into the state. Well, it's the same state line, country line. So, you know, that's where it gets to, it's when it gets pretty scary and a lot of chaos between states and the federal government. Yeah, indeed. I can see it getting that way. Yep, I'm with you. Daddy Craig, appreciate it, brother. Uh, Thanks thanks for calling in. Yes, sir. Yep, and you guys take care. You too, brother. Thank Take you. care. Okay. But, you, you know, I, I can actually see uh, 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 kind of what Daddy Crab's saying. It kind of makes sense. I mean, robbing a bank is a federal offense, but do you call the feds? No, you call your local cops, you know, to stop the bank robbery. And then it's turned over to the feds, you know. 
So, I mean, I, I kind of see his point there that he was trying to make. Why can't we, you know, do our own thing like uh, the Texas Rangers? Well, you know, well we're about to uh, see we're about to see uh, that get that theory get tested. So we'll see how it goes. Seven seven two. Welcome to the show. Can I get a name, please? The Viking. What's going on, fellas? What's up, Vero Viking? How you doing today, brother? What's on your mind? I'm doing, I'm doing great. This is Matt. He also has something to do with wrestling back in back in the day, right? Yeah, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Matt, you know what Stanford, Connecticut? I lived in Stanford for well, I did. That's where the what WWE was located. So I lived there for that's the home of it. Yeah, for years I used to pick up their uh, their uh, trash. I used to work for a waste management company out here. Used to drive in there and pick up their stuff. Besides that, the country music. I didn't hear you guys mention George Strait. Is there a reason he's not Texan or something? What was that again? Uh, George Strait. I didn't hear nobody saying it. George Strait. And, I'm, uh, I'm, not a, a, I'm, I'm not, not a, fan a fan of George Strait, to be honest with you. No, I, I'm not. Believe it or not, no. Okay. A, well, Texan, I want to give I want to give a hat tip to you, man. You, uh you did a pretty awesome job today. I got to be honest. It started out a little slow, but once you got up in the high gear, I was mesmerized with you and Matt, both of you uh, in the exchanges, you know. But uh, being, uh, I lived in Texas for like four years in, uh, at Hood, right? And uh, like uh, Matt already knows what Stanford's like, and it's the furthest thing from country. But uh, I was newly divorced, and here's the story. So I was newly divorced and couldn't figure out why I couldn't hook up with the ladies out in Texas. My buddy was uh, in my line. No, I was in the army, so I'm I'm still in the army. But he was in my squad. He's like, you gotta learn the two step. I'm like, okay, how hard could that be, right? I'm half Italian, half Spanish. I can definitely salsa. So I picked up the two step, and boy, that was one of the four greatest years of my life. Texas women are all, you know, I had the greatest time out there in those clubs doing them. Uh, and they're big. They're big clubs out there in Austin. This is like in the early 2000s. And I had a great time. Uh, George Strait was one of my favorites, so I don't understand why you don't like him. But that's cool. And one more thing, hey about Matt, the, real uh, quick, uh, Vero, Vero, before you move off that, Matt, yeah. what's your thoughts on George Strait? Great. I'm, I'm not. A, look, I mean, here's the deal with fart. It, it's somebody could fart on stage and love it. Really? I mean, <laughs> well, this show is obvious an example of that. Gigantic <laughs> fart. Okay. No, but when it comes to art, I, 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 I try not to say I don't like someone's music because somebody, I, you know, I'm am I a straight fan? I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go see him in a cop. Seen him in a concert, but I'm not going to go out of my way to go see him. But he's great. I mean, he's a great singer. He's he's he does. He's not a writer. He's, written, he's covered one of his. He's written one of his songs. I think it is. He's great. Great singer. He's everything country music. But, I'm not a fan per se, but he's a great guy. That's cool. That's cool. You don't have to be a fan. I mean, it, it was one of my fans. One thing that you guys were covering that, like, I don't think anybody was really check, uh, really uh, put the connection to. Like, I was born in 1970, so all them television shows, like Chico the Man, um, uh, All in the Family, uh, what's that? Sanford and Son, they had them all. They had Jose Feliciano. They had Willie Nelson. They had all the country uh, stars, and like there was no racism. There was like nobody could give a crap about any of that shit. Mac Davis. I mean, I remember growing up to all of them, and I didn't even know I was a country fan until I went to Texas. 
and that was in my uh, mid-30s. But really, you grew up watching all these shows, especially if you're like me, I did. I mean, my father sat me down, and that's what we watched. I mean, Jose Feliciano, Julio Iglesias, Willie Nelson, uh, Johnny Cash, all these guys, Mac Davis, Burt Reynolds. I mean, Burt Reynolds wasn't a country star, I mean, singer, but he was in that loop too, you know? It was just great time, and there was no racism. There was not no white, no black. It was just, it was, I don't know. It was just different and beautiful, I guess. And we ain't got that no more. But I'm going to teach my kid different. Let, let me clarify about George Strait before I start getting hate mail and stuff, you know, because that's almost <laughs> like a sin. It's, that's like a sin to say that down here in Texas. But uh, now, see, uh, George Strait, I, yeah, he's talented. Yeah, I mean, he's got a great voice and, uh, you know, wow, what a hell of a performer back, back in his prime, especially. But, but, you know, that he, to me, is kind of what's wrong with country music today. He's a walking billboard. Everything he wears is an advertisement. He's paid to wear it. The songs that yeah. that that he sings are, are you know corporate uh, written songs and stuff. That's what I'm talking about. That's that's why I mean, is he talented? Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. You know, is he got I a good get, sound in his voice? Yeah, but yeah, that that's just my issue, my personal thing. That's all. Nah, I get it. I get it. And you guys talked about uh, Chris uh, Stapleton. Man, oh man, when he did that, uh, what was that song? Tennessee whiskey with. Uh, with Justin Timberlake, that, um, Justin Timberlake killed it. I ain't gonna lie, I didn't think he had it in him for that song. But those two, that combination, and like it just shows goes to show you that this music blends with everything. So I don't get it, like how the world is getting, or how our country is really getting divided, like it is when it was not like that. When you couldn't make fun of somebody's ethnicity or color back in the seventies, and well, big deal. And now. You can't even, I don't even know, you can't even tell somebody that you can't run in this race because you were born a, 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 a boy. I mean, seriously, you're a boy, go run in a boy's races. You know what I mean? It just, it's just strange. And, I, you know, homeschooling for my two young ones are definitely in the, in the mirror for them. I got to be honest. I, don't, I can't have these people. Uh, ruining my kids. There's no way. Yeah, you know what I mean. T- teach your kids to question and everything, brother. Teach them. Teach them to question everything. Question everything they find and do their own. Do their own research. Just keep doing that. Teach a. Te- have them be yeah. a free mind, and they'll be fine, man. Uh, they come from good stock. Yeah. Very fucking. I appreciate you big time, brother. Yeah, one more thing for both of you guys, Matt and Texan. I, I got to be honest. I was fascinated, and, and you had me on every word on the story. That's a that's a great show right there. I mean, for the future and moving on into something to do. You guys were awesome. I, I thank you for taking my call. All right, you guys take care. Appreciate, Appreciate it, bro. Take Appreciate care, it, man. Take care, buddy. Beer Viking, always with some good stuff. Uh, bring uh, an awesome everyday caller as well. AOC <laughs> is in the house as well. See what AOC is up to. I know AOC uh, uh, was interested last time Matt was on too. So that would be it'd be cool to see what AOC has to say. While he connects, let me say hello to everyone over there in chat. Thumper Rose, uh, um, Flat Less is over there in D- in uh, YouTube. It's good to see uh, the YouTube crowd over there. Uh, don't forget, uh, I'm not doing uh, every days on YouTube anymore. So find the Foxhole dot app. Uh, so where you, that's where you can find me every single day. Uh, YouTube is is uh, censoring us, and so uh, I'm only going to have shows like this and live remotes on YouTube anymore. So if you want the full show, make sure you check out the Foxhole dot app. Uh, AOC's in the house. What's up, brother? How are you? <laughs> oh, pretty good, man. You got me thinking about Texas music now. 
Uh-oh, watch out, watch out. What's up, AOC? How's it going, brother? Good, how are you doing, man? Good, good. good What's on your mind, As man? Always. Well, I I just watched this video, old video of this guy I produced a long time ago. I made his first couple records. But he was the son of a guy named Junior Medlow Williams out of Lubbock, Texas. And so his dad, Junior, had this band with a couple guitar slingers in it, Chris Duarte and Stevie Ray Vaughan. So uh, he grew up literally learning to play guitar from Stevie Ray, who was in his dad's band, sitting on his knee from a, a young age. But he ended up becoming probably my favorite guitarist of all time I've ever worked with. His name's Michael Williams. Michael LaPaul Williams, but he never quite, I mean, he did the blues festival kind of circus and uh, did a lot of like, I think he went on tour at BB King or something like that. But anyway, it's just somebody that you should check out. He does have some things out there, but he's never quite made it. But uh, this guy is such a great, great guitar player and uh, it brings a lot of Lubbock, Texas back into the. What's that? Matt, are you familiar with him? No, but it just reminds me there there's a there's a lot of God, the most talented musicians out there are the ones you never heard of. Yeah, exactly. There's so many there's like a hundred people that get to be famous That's right. I mean there's a lot of talented songwriters, but let's face it, it all comes down to the song. And so all the great songwriters are really are getting songs cut. But all the great so many great musicians out there and unfortunately there's only so many so much room for for so many of them yeah say? who's this george guy george what, what was his name george Strait. Strait. george Strait? Oh, never heard of him <laughs> i mean look he, he doesn't straight is i mean he gets better he gets handed the best songs there are to cut He's had the same manager for 20, 30, what, since he's been doing it. I'll say it if you don't want to. George Strait is the Beyonce of country music. Yeah, he's... <laughs> I, look, he straight's great. That's rough. Just doesn't... I, I'd rather listen to Steve than George Strait. I'd rather listen to Bruce Springsteen than George Strait. There's only so many songs and musicians we can all follow. Strait's not one of them, but he's fantastic. But he's, yeah, man, he's he's out there to sell records and sell songs. Yeah, George Strait's yeah. got a winning formula for what he did, you know, or for what he does. But uh, I agree with Matt. Uh, I don't know, it's a, you know, uh, just there's there's so many people out there that I think are so much better and, and so much more talented, and they're they're not, uh, you know, just corporate slaves. Yeah, I, you know, the corporate slave. I hear what you're saying about the corporate on it. I mean. He's at a point in his career, he doesn't need the money. He's going to do what he really wants to do. And he's going to trust the people that he trusts. But I don't think he's much less a corporate slave, more so than he knows the winning formula. And if that were, you know, it just, there's so much that goes in the equation of making someone. Look, let's put it this way. You can make you, you can make me, a, if Nash, if I could sing, if I had a voice, right? And if I was good looking enough. I could go to Nashville and be a, be a superstar if I found the right person to believe my BS. 
it's all about getting the right people in that town to believe in you and to throw the machine behind you. They can make anybody a rock star or a country star. It's just a matter of them believing, believing into what you're doing without having to change a lot of it. And that's the problem is how much you're going to change. You know, Taylor Swift, I'm not a fan of hers, but she is a rock star and she's a great songwriter. And when I say a great songwriter, I'll shut up after one story. I was taking my six-year-old boy, well, he's 15 now, but this was like six, driving home, and he's singing every word of this, this one song that I hated, but he was singing every word to it on the radio. I was like, wow. And I called Jack uh, Ingram up. I was like, man, I get it. I finally get it. You've got to write. These, a lot of these songwriters are writing songs to people that are his age, six years. You know, the, look, the demographic is... Is, is what 14 to 21 female that's what you're selling records to but you get people like todd snyder guy clark towns van zandt and those guys john prine the late john prine shaver you know look prine's had a lot of songs cut by george Strait. shaver's got a lot of songs cut by waylon jennings but hey waylon and george Strait has had a lot of a, a lot of of, of shaver songs just a matter of how you how they sell it. It's all a matter of how the big suit and ties sell it. I get it, you know, I get it. But whether you like it or not, it's up to the people. It's it's something that always has drove me nuts in the conversations I've had too. Because all I want is is music made because the 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 musician loved to make it and they and they just wanted to make it for uh, because of the either the message or the song or the rhythm or whatever they were trying to accomplish from that and. It's you know this similar. It's a similar thing in metal. And Dizzy's getting ready to join us. Tell us a, a quick story. And I know you got to go, Matt. So we'll we'll wrap this up. Um, but it's it's something that drives me nuts. The corporate corporatization of music um, doesn't allow uh, creativity to flourish, and it's purposeful. It's it's meant to be that way. And the, the 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 great musicians are the ones that are at your local bars or in local Nashville or in in local Lubbock, places like that, where where they've already had that that tradition of great music, and that's that's the downside of of a, of the radio and corporate and and MTV culture of music. It just it's just you know it's it's it compromises creativity and it compromises quality, in my opinion. Best thing ever happened to music was Napster. I would if if they could bring yeah. Napster. I mean, that's when I was booking, started book. I was booking bands started in 97. I was at Texas A&M Napster popped in 99. And that's when I graduated and I stayed in the music. I was like, well, I might have to go find a job because I can't make money in this music business stuff. But when Napster took off is that's when I was like, man, I can make a living at this without Napster and without streaming. Oh my God. I can't imagine how much, how much food sped we would, we would be, it would be awful. But yeah. I found so much great music. A band out of Detroit called Taproot ended up getting big because of because of Napster and because all of the underground music scenes were were just spreading their music. And that's that's going to be uh, the the change of music going forward. The way that everything is changing in general with technology. That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. The problem is here's the big problem with streaming is that these songwriters aren't getting you know used to. You need to go get. Uh, the, I, the, Chris Wall, who I worked with years ago, was uh, wrote a song. I like my women, like the tad on the trashy side, cut by Confederate Railroad, number one hit. And another guy named Drew Walmack, he wrote Kenny Chesney's number one song, first number one hit. Both of them told me, 
their first checks were six, easily six figures. I mean, your first publishing check is six figures. And Drew told me that he was getting paid 10 years later, 15 years later, he'd still make 10 to $20,000 off that. The problem is you get the streaming. These songwriters aren't getting paid anything hardly. They don't get nothing. So now you have these great songwriters that aren't, that aren't getting paid hardly anything. And it's, it's, it's tough because we're, I haven't bought a record in 10 years. I, I've, I'm on, I have Apple music, pay 10 bucks a month. That ain't fair. The Jack Angels of the world that I can go, I can go download that whole record for $8 a month plus a hundred other records, but I'm not. I was, I was, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was pretty lucky to start. I started producing records when I was in Seattle in 1988. Oh, wow. And, and that was the last time the music industry spent money on a lot. I mean, they everybody I know got a record deal by the end of the summer in 1991, yep. you know, September-ish. But that was sort of the epitome of, like, nobody. We didn't have any. We had a couple independent record labels, and that was it. There was nobody in that town playing music because they thought they were going to get a record deal zero you know it was all playing for each other's friends i met kurt cobain when he was still a roadie for the melvins and his band sucked back then before dave Grohl got in but all these people i saw come up and then i got to see i guess the corporatization of you know right close up because all the ones that were playing what they were playing already then got a bunch of money they did okay but you could see them start having a fight with their labels. And you saw all the ones that broke up with their record label because they wanted them to like wear a dress or whatever the hell, you know, like, um, and so I saw all that certainly come up and all the stone temple pilot, and the, the wannabe Seattle grunge type of bands pop up all over the place. And, and we're going, wait, no, we got 20 more good guys here. Yeah. Don't give these guys a deal. No, they're they're copycatters. Come on, man. Let's get the real deal in here. But but it definitely came quick when it came. I mean, every label moved into Seattle overnight. Yep. You know, all of them had, uh, and that's you know, it's all about the money. And they're definitely throwing it around. And as soon as you get on that teat, then you know, forget it. You know, you might be talented, but you're going to have to listen to other people at that point unless you're a prince or something that doesn't have to listen to anybody but anyway that's my take on it i love i love talking about music i really miss the business aoc Um, i want to have you back sometime maybe friday can you call back and talk a little more about this time i have so many questions but i i want to get over to dizzy here yeah do your thing and uh god bless y'all great show as always texas good to see you and uh yeah God bless America. Appreciate you, AOC. Much love, AOC. Appreciate it, brother. Matt, I got a message that you uh, had something you might have to attend to. Do I got to let you go, bro? I'm fine. Go ahead. We got 10 minutes. You're good. All right. Let me get Dizzy in here for for, a quick 10 minutes. Dizzy, uh, I know you were wanting to talk about, uh, you know, other kind of maybe musicians that have similar stories compared to the, uh, you know, like the country music world. But let me get Dizzy in here. What's up, brother? Yeah, what's up, Hemis? I I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to this as somebody who is a self-described metalhead, uh, but 
in general, music lover and appreciator. Um, so just to throw it out there, my favorite song right now is Straight Up Country. I listen to this every single day. It's uh, Zach Williams with Dolly Parton, There Will Be Jesus. And as a believer, dude, that song makes me cry every time I listen to it. And I'll still tell you right now, at 70, probably almost 80 or whatever years old she is, that woman still got it. Um, but Te- Texan, I, what's your thoughts on, uh, on, on Dolly Parton? You got any, any, uh, any in general thoughts on Dolly Parton and her legacy? I mean, it's been one hell of a legacy for sure. Yeah, it is. As a matter of fact, Dizzy, I'm glad you mentioned her. I mean, we didn't even talk about the women of country music, really. And, uh, Dolly Parton, believe it or not, uh, it's been said that she's written over 3,000 songs in her career. And uh, she she's just an amazing talent and, and, and a beautiful soul. And we and Dizzy, thanks for bringing that up because we didn't even get to, to talk. Uh, we forgot to talk about the gospel side of country music, which country music is heavily, heavily influenced, you know, um, by, by gospel. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Matt, thoughts on uh, Dolly Parton or, the, or anything like that? I was listening to I was on YouTube the other day. I was watching Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers another lost last year. Um, and it was oh they're singing that one song that one duet song and man they were having so much fun. You gotta y'all gotta go watch that YouTube. Just search Dolly Parton Kenny Kenny Rogers and it's just like it was awesome. They're just truly having a lot of fun. You can tell she has a big heart. Dollywood. Chat says we need another show on the women of country. So that's that. I'll put that on you, Matt, and Texan to figure that one out. Dizzy, we'll go ahead. Well, so as we're talking about, like, as, as you gentlemen, both Texan and Matt, are talking about, like, the underside of country and the corporate side of country, the thing that spurred me to call in is, like, I'm a hardcore metalhead. Um, I listen to a lot of music. Um. And it strikes me that the, the the issue that you're dealing with in Nashville around the, the country music scene is essentially the same fight that uh, the metal industry also has because there's sort of a, a controlled agenda and there's like a corporate metal and then there's an outside or punk metal and you can even call it punk country. You know what I mean? It's outside of the mainstream country. And when you get into like corporate rock and corporate pop, that's all absolutely controlled. And then there's this anomaly that are like the Ryan Upchurches and the Adam Calhouns that are just coming in with like wrecking balls and uh, smashing genres and combining the the hip hop side with the dip spitting country side, and uh, just want to get your take on is, is that good for country? Is that good for hip hop? I believe it's good for the music industry because that's just being original and unowned. But I just want to get your thoughts on that. You want to field that, Matt? So, so exactly, and I was trying to follow. You broke up on me a little bit there. What was the, what was the end of that question? I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. The general question is the the blending of like, and I'll I'll probably poorly define it, but your rap country, 
your upchurches, your okay. Calhouns, your your MAGA sort of rappers, maybe if you want to label it that way, but your your redneck rappers who got country beats. Uh, how does that fit in? All what I mean, this I, I can't hammer this home enough. And look, these God, these musicians are so competitive. So although there there are a lot of friends amongst each other. They're also very competitive. And it's interesting to hear them say so. As they should be. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear them talk about other other friends' music when you're one-on-one with them. But I've told this to art, to lead singers a million times. There's reasons why Florida Georgia Line, who country music, and I'll put in quotes, hates, or country music fans, excuse me, they sell millions and tens of millions of records or, or millions of records. So there's obviously somebody out there that loves that type of music. And when it comes to the bro country and the rap country, like you were just referencing and in, in question and in, in asking the question about the end of the day, it's what the suit and tires are going to feed down your throat. You know, they've got, it's just like mainstream media. You got mainstream country, really what the suit and ties control is what they're going to feed down the throat and what you're eventually going to, like because that's what you're going to hear and you're dealing that with on the mainstream media side on the liberal mainstream media side if they're hammering home this narrative and the same thing on the country music or music side whatever they formulate and whatever they can sell they're going to sell it and they don't get they don't care what it sounds like as long as it sells records but, the- but, he, but here's the thing though these people are not radio stars they're YouTube sensations. They're they're made and created by themselves. Like even hip hoppers like Tom McDonald, who is one of the biggest truth tellers in music. Not look, I'm not a hip hop fan, but I dude, I watch every single one of his videos because the dude is spitting truth. He's is he the best rapper? No, no, he's not. I mean, Eminem probably is, but Eminem's a scumbag. There's you a know, lot, a lot of country artists that are huge hip hop fans, huge hip hop fans, because when it comes to the writing of the hip hop songs, it's pretty, it's really fascinating uh, how many country guys are hip and now they're not hip hop fans because their buddies are, it's because they appreciate, they truly appreciate the, the songwriting behind the hip hop songs. See, I, I like the guys, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I like the guys that have, uh, that have paid their dues that have, you know, um, played in the bars and did the tours and, and, you know, pulled themselves up out of nothing that put the work in, you know, that that's the dedication. And, and that's where, uh, you know, the, the dedication and the talent really comes from guys like Adam hood and, you know, Sturgill Simpson and uh, Zane Williams, you know, y'all probably don't know who that is, but y'all should check them out. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Dizzy. Yeah. But I, I, I like the guys that put the work in man and the dedication. Well, and, and I agree with you. I mean, that's that's a old school. That's old school. Getting your fingernails dirty and doing the work, right? But we have to understand that this is a new age media, and the new age media getting your fingers dirty is the internet. You know what I mean? Because especially now with COVID, you can't even go to a bar and play half the time. So these people are taking the radical leftist weapon that they've used against us and turning it against them. And I got some level of appreciation for them for doing that. 
Yeah, man. Appreciate you, Dizzy. Thanks for the call today. And uh, we are right up against the clock, but I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for your time today. All right. Peace out, homies. Have a good night. Dizzy Kincaid in the house. Appreciate it, man. Uh, man, Texan and Matt, it was really fun. I really appreciate your time, man. Um, and and chat was really just rather enthralled with your, with your discussion. So it may have been... Uh, uh, you know, common knowledge to you, but they they really enjoyed it. Tell us a little Peter bit about time, the podcast. Man. What's upcoming um, and, and for you guys really in the future? Rather enthralled with your discussion. So, whoops, see that? There we go. Go yeah, ahead. But that was directed towards me, I guess. Uh, yeah, we got um, Roger Clemens coming up tomorrow, and got uh, Chase Bryant coming up, and with uh, Miranda with Jacks project with Miranda Lambert and John Randall. Um, that should be pretty interesting to see how that unfolds. I'll be working with this management company to maybe hook up a podcast there. Where I don't know. Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. But we've got a lot of big things happening, so it's it's fun. Indeed. Okay. Check out the website, jaggingaroundpodcast.com. Roger Clemens, Wednesday 310 and Wednesday 317, part one and part two. That is upcoming as well as Chase Bryant in the near future. Check out the website, jaggingaroundpodcast.com. And it's uh it's awesome to have you here, man. It's uh it was rather just it was kind of fun just to chill and uh, appreciate your time big time. Texan, great job today. Last thoughts? Yeah, Matt. Hey, thanks for uh, coming on and uh, shooting the shit with me, man. I really enjoyed it. And thank you, Joe and and Alan, man. It was great. And uh, as always, Operation Underground Railroad, O U R Rescue dot org, Tim Ballard's Foundation. They're saving kids all around the planet. Like I said, uh, you know, check them out. You know, you might get a nice little shirt. You know, as an abolitionist, but anyway, uh, support Tim Ballard and uh, Operation Underground Railroad. Uh, the child that they say might be a child in your backyard, in your neighborhood. You never know. Appreciate it, Tex. Appreciate it very much. I appreciate both you and Matt. Great conversation. I learned so much in the first hour. You guys have no clue. Don't forget, Abe, coming up next, we got Amy Joe. Yep, coming up, deck, coming up next, Amy Joe, find your strength in Jesus, and so that will be coming. Uh, give me about a uh, twenty minutes or so uh, to get to get that launched today. We'll definitely be doing that here in the near future. So appreciate you, Matt and Texan, uh, average Joe Patriot. Appreciate you guys very much. Uh, thank you for your time here today, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, if I can find my uh, screen set up here, I want to finish off. Don't forget, uh, thank all of you guys out there for all you've done to help uh, Joe and I. Uh, get to his upgrade going. That's going to be huge for the show. It's going to be huge for us. And appreciate you guys very much. Much love. And God bless you all. Thank you, guys. Enjoyed it. Hey, man. Thank you, man.